are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your here are your This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entrance sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 148. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we come to you tonight very exhausted. Yes. But having had a great time at Shore Leave 34. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely a phenomenal time, Miles. It's you know, a chance for us once or twice a year to see some really good friends and uh, hang out and... Um, Meet some of the people that are uh, in in the shows that we have we are watching, have watched, and uh, will watch later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that mm-hmm. and that's just great. And mm-hmm. you know, we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Before we go on, we do have to say that this episode comes courtesy of some great listeners that we have. Sure, um, and these people have sponsored the show, and we have two sponsors tonight. The first one comes James Arrowwood, who you know as Kalis, sponsoring the show tonight. His message said. And as it came a couple days, maybe a week or two ago, I said, tomorrow's graduation day. So I thought, since you and Miles have given me so much enjoyment and so many study breaks, I thought it would be only fair to say thanks with a small token. Sci-Fi Diner forever. Jim, that is very uh, generous. Thank you. What he's saying is we're going to come back as zombies and podcast from our grave. <laughs> you know, Sci-Fi Diner forever. Yes. And Jason Taylor said, to the continuation of an outstanding podcast and cool. his contribution. So thanks, Jason. Thanks, mm-hmm. James, for the contribution, for helping the diner stay alive. And um, if you want to contribute and want us to read some sort of message, engagement plan, or something like that, <laughs> you can you check out the Sci-Fi Diner uh, com page, and there's stuff on there. Um, one other note we do have to mention is we are going to be doing our Logan's Run Rewind tonight, and I don't know when this is going to appear, but our next Rewind, we have John Moreau. Well, that's going to be fun. Yeah, with um, your favorite movie. Well. <laughs> well Star, Starship Troopers. So Maybe I'll get something out of it watching it again. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we hope. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so that's at least where we're, where we're headed with that. So. Mm-hmm. And that looks like it's going to be September 4th, right after, right after Labor Day. Okay. But, um, but yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about shore leave, I guess, at the end of the show. Is that, is that the way we're going yeah, to we'll work? Yeah, we'll, we'll give five, five moments or something. Yeah, like maybe uh, kind of going to die. But, uh, you know, one of the great things uh, – you know, I'm going to get into it now if I don't watch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold off. So uh, we do have to mention, too, that we have a podcast app out. And you can find out information for that on our main page on the SciFiDinerPodcast.com page. So, other than shore leave, mm-hmm. what else is going in on our sci-fi world, Miles? Well, uh, just yesterday, actually, no, it was, it was, yeah, it was yesterday. I watched uh, the latest Warehouse 13. I haven't so, watched it yet, but was so, it good? It was very good. Night before last, uh, it was another episode of um, Falling Skies. Yeah, and I did watch, was it a two-parter? I got two episodes this week, so I'm okay. not sure what happened. Maybe. Um, this was... Um, Are they on their way to... 
Uh, Charleston, yeah. Charleston, okay. So I don't want to give it. If you haven't seen it, I, wanna, I don't want to say anymore. And the week before that, was that the one with Ben realizes he's been deceived? And mm-hmm. Okay, was that the and one? He, he, yeah, the one from okay, last got week, it, yeah. Got so, yeah. I'm not going to say anything more. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, also, you know, just some of the rewind stuff. I decided to give uh, Stargate Universe a, a, a rewatch. Um, just try to catch some of the references to the older to the other shows and um, as far as references to other, you know, Characters, situations, that sort of thing, and uh, so I've been enjoying that watching uh, Stargate Universe again. That's that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. We have been nominated for 2012 Parsec. That's exciting. That is awesome. Yeah. So we have a there's a bunch of other great podcasts along with us nominated. I don't actually have that pulled up. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. But if you want to check it, go to the Parsecs. Dot com dot org or whatever their site is, um, but um, thank you, listeners. Really, this is for you. The fact that you have kind of helped shape this podcast, and make oh, it yeah. what it is. So, Very much so. So appreciate you guys, man. Seriously, absolutely. It's gonna be. It, it seriously is awesome. Mm-hmm. So why don't we go into our menu tonight? Um, we decided because of the interview that we're going to bring you is that this is going to be kind of part A of a two-part show. Um, and uh, it may be because of the significance of the interview, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the interview, just to give you a – just to kind of whet your appetite, mm-hmm. we're going to be bringing you an interview with LeVar Burton. Now, right. most of you probably never heard of this guy, but <laughs> absolutely not. No, no, but he, of course, is known for his small role in Roots and a, and a little thing he did called Reading Rainbow, and then a small, tiny role in TNG, right? Which nobody ever heard of. No one ever heard of Joy mm-hmm. of the Forge, and but we managed to land after much pursuant. We managed persistence, to land, yes, <laughs> and persistence. So yeah. we managed to land, land an interview with this guy at Shore mm-hmm. Leave. So we're going to bring you that interview. It's entirely. It's not that long. It's fifteen minutes. We're going to separate it from the show just to kind of. Uh, Put it out as its own thing. Mm-hmm. So the interview is going to be LeVar Burton, but it won't be a part of the show. It'll be part of the next show that we uh, release. Okay. So, uh, but we do have a trivia tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, they are they are getting a chance. Actually, we're going to be telling you who won the trivia to win Kate Vernon. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. And what else is going on? Well, in TV news, uh, so Space 1999 coming back. Uh, we have some TV ratings highlights. In movie news, we're going to be playing the Looper, Looper trailer. And I took out the poster. Uh, and this week's uh, twist, um, this week in Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek, the Trek Nation DVD de- debuts at Vegas Con. And Michael Dorn, we're going to talk about his uh, Kickstarter project. And um, our sci-fi for 5 of 5, just giving our five moments at uh, Shore Leave. And we are also, by the way, going to also talk about Reduce, a new book, uh, b- book by uh, Crazy Eight. It's going to take the place of our audio book review tonight. Um, but we had the, met these guys this weekend. And I read part of it, and it's it's pretty phenomenal. Oh, good. It just it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also going to talk about some Avengers Two news, which you guys are going to be exciting. And we're going to briefly touch on Dark Knight, and uh, and also well, Batman Dark Knight Rises, and mm-hmm. also how Total Recall are doing. Those are going to be brief mentions as well. Mm-hmm. So. It's going to be a full show tonight, but I think it's going to be awesome, and I'm very glad to be back in the studio because it's, it feels like it's been a while because of my vacation and everything. It, it right? feels like we've been away a while, yeah. I know it doesn't to you guys because we put out tons of episodes anyways because, you know, we're just like that. We're able to kind of reach into the future and do it without actually being together. Yes, that time machine we have it works is, pretty good. It is. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So, Well, uh, so let's move into, I guess, our trivia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so – Miles, they had a chance to win a signed photograph of Kate Vernon. What did they need to do to get this signed photograph? This is the question that they need to answer correctly. In uh, in the show Falling Skies, 
in the episode The Armory, having captured Tom and the others during the raid on the Armory, John Pope gives Tom this nickname. Right. And got a bunch of great answers. Mm -hmm. And um, you had to include a code word, which was Skitter. What was the answer to this trivia? The answer was Papa Smurf. And the winners we selected in our little randomizer, and it is? Mr. Gary Green. So congratulations, Gary Green. We will be shipping this prize off to you probably tomorrow. It's, It's a dress sitting on this table. And Scott Chandler... Michael Hogan's coming to you as well, so I just haven't sent it out yet. So I got some. You, you, this will be a nice uh, picture for your autograph collection. Absolutely. And by the way, we got tons more to give away. We got some good loot this year. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Mulgrew, just to your appetite. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So Miles, thank you so much for the trivia. You're welcome. All right. Well, let's move into our first promo tonight. Our first promo is with none other than Colin's podcast, Trek News and Views. Right. And uh, continuing to pump out great material. Sure. And uh, he, you know, Colin, not only is he put out this great Star Trek material, but he's also such a good contributor to our show. He put up our interview with Tori Higginson mm-hmm. and, um, and Mer Lafferty just went on YouTube. And mm-hmm. so he really does help maintain our YouTube presence. And so, Colin, from, from our heart, we say thanks. But here's a promo. If you haven't checked out Colin's show, it's really a, a good look at Star Trek and what's oh, going on in the world. Mm-hmm. He, he's really excited about Star Trek London. Absolutely. As you should be. I think oh, there's going to be a lot of people there. It's like Vegas Con in London, right? Yeah, maybe we'll have to get him on and have him maybe give us a con report. Oh, absolutely. That mm-hmm. would be awesome. All right, well, here's a promo for Trek News and Views. You ever thought to yourself, I'd like to listen to a Star Trek podcast. That's different. I'm ready to irradiate your existing brain cells. Oh. How about one with an English host? T.L. Gray Or a news section. Accessing library computer data. Or one that can help you navigate for the latest Star Trek news. Can anyone remember when we used to be explorers? Well, not quite. But Trek News and Views will bring you the latest news with either review or discussion from a wide variety of co-hosts. Oh my. Don't accept anything less. And you people, you're all... Astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Trek News and Views. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on the Trek FM website. Other similar podcasts are but to be discouraged. With some TV news, and um, do you want me to take this first one? You take the next one here. Sure. Yeah, why don't we do that? So <laughs> we found me. out, and you know, I'm going to be honest. Someone sent the story in. I want to say that it's uh, I don't remember. Someone sent the story in, and I'm sorry I'm, I'm failing to give you credit. But the latest sci-fi TV reboot, these producers are bringing back Space 1999. Hmm. Now, did you ever watch Space 1999? Not regularly, but I did actually have some of the toys as a child. I had the big, the big shuttlecraft, the Eagle. Okay. And um, had that for years. I probably still have a big part of it someplace up in my parents' attic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Martin Landau's in it. He, mm-hmm. of course, was kind of the front runner for that. Anyways, here's the story. Here comes another sci-fi remake because, after all... After all, how well Total Recall is doing, we need to do this. Oh, sure. I'm being totally facetious <laughs> there. The folks behind, ABC, behind ABC's V, 
uh, circa 2009 are tackling new series. Get ready for a revamped version of Space 1999. According to The Hollywood Reporter, ITV Studios, America, and HD Films have announced plans to unveil a reimagining of the sci-fi series. I like the way they call it, reimagining. It makes it sound so Battlestar, doesn't it? It does. Uh, uh, maybe that's what, I'm sure that's what they're going for there, mm-hmm. uh, which will be called Space 2099. The original program ran for two seasons, 1975 to 1977, and starred, Ma- and starred Martin Landau and Barbara Bain. As expected, the story took place in 1999 and followed the inhabitants of Moonbase Alpha, a space research center stationed on, you guessed it, the moon. HD Films president Jace Hall, who brought us a new V, claims that Space 2099 will feature familiar themes taken from the original. We are indeed reimagining the franchise and bringing something new and relevant to today's audiences, said, said, said Hall. I want to say how, but it's Hall. Uh, I feel strongly if Hal's bringing it. I mean, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. I know. But, um, good morning, Dave. Uh, I feel strongly that some of the overall tone sent by the original Space 1999 television show represent an exciting platform to explore possibilities. Do you feel concerned? A lot of space-centric shows have come and gone since 77. How will they make Space 2099 stick out from the rest of the pack? Will you be tuning into Space 2099, or will you stick to the original? Well, I'm not going to stick to the original, Miles, because I've never seen the original. Right, and I've never watched it regularly, um, so I'll definitely give this show at least the, the, the pilot a chance. Well, I'm going to give you. I'm going to be honest. If they do it like Battlestar, mm-hmm. hands down, absolutely. If they can pull mm-hmm. it off, even if they do it like V was done, I enjoyed V. I know it didn't last long, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching V. Not that it didn't have its problems, but if it's as good as V. I'll probably give it a watch, and I might even stick with it. Yeah, me too. I mean, what, we don't have a whole lot of space opera of any kind on TV right now. Not that I can think of. So we need some good space opera. We, we do. Plus, if they jumped to 2099, um, you know, they were giving themselves about 20 years back in 77 when they put this out. They really right. had – they were very optimistic that the space program would be as right. uh, big as big, – <laughs> big as like they depicted it so in that show. give us about 80 years. Maybe this is a little bit different. We can have a little bit more liberties with it. It's, you can be right. a little more creative. Mm-hmm. You know, have us advance a little bit further. And, I mean, the, the Space nineteen ninety show for its time i mean they didn't have cgi it was all models and everything like that and um for for what it was it was it was pretty good visually yeah well very good so listeners let us know if you are kind of excited about this whole space 1999 or 2099 Mm -hmm. you know idea from the producers of e so miles why don't you go into uh, this week in ratings all right. Well, in ratings this week, just uh, I highlighted uh, some points uh, from the article on Blaster, and just focus it more on the shows that uh, Scott and I are watching. What, what I think you, what you, our listeners, are watching. So, Warehouse Thirteen starts strong. True Blood rules and uh, other genre shows. So, uh, True Blood had uh, four point five million viewers. Saving Hope two point nine million viewers. Warehouse Thirteen two point one three. Million uh, Saving Hope, uh, two point nine nine zero million viewers, and Alpha's uh, one point seven four, and Teen Wolf uh, one point six seven four. Our list of uh, summer shows is growing again. Last week we said goodbye to Eureka, but it, in its place, Sci-Fi gave us the new seasons of Warehouse Thirteen and Alphas to watch. Meanwhile, True Blood continues to dominate Sunday nights, even amid the Olympic Games. Lost Girls faring well on Friday nights, and Saving Hope might be headed for a second season. That kind of surprised me because I didn't think it started off real strong. Yeah, I. Uh, 
I, yeah, same here. I didn't know. I mean, I'm not watching it. I just didn't have enough to hold my interest. Right. I mean, you watched the first couple episodes. I, at least right. you gave it that. I didn't even give it that. I don't I, care if yeah. Shanks. I don't care if Hawkman was in it. <laughs> so. you know, or uh, or or uh, Lois Lane. Yeah, or Dodge, uh, or Daniel Jackson. But, um, so yeah, do you want to break these down a little bit further? Sure. Or, um, so Teen Wolf took a big drop last week, but it bounced back this week after a few hundred thousand more viewers and a gain of a tenth of a point in its ratings. It's not quite as strong as it was two weeks ago, but it remains largely consistent for MTV. The fact that we're getting any sci-fi at MTV is, is a miracle. So The fact that we get any music from MTV is a musical. I digress. Warehouse 13, of course, brought in 2.13 million viewers, point mm-hmm. eight. Warehouse 13 kicked off its fourth season last Monday with strong numbers that topped season three finale by a substantial margin, but didn't quite match the season three premiere from the same time last year. The show's also not near where it was earlier in its first season, but it's still going strong for a Monday night cable series. The key number, though, isn't the viewership, but the .8 rating. Mm-hmm. The show is stronger with 18 to 35 viewers than any other sci-fi series we're tracking right now. That makes it valuable, and that's true. Yeah. Um, Alphas, uh, 1.74 million viewers. Alphas also kicked off with the season strong, pulling in a good deal more viewers than than ended its uh, first season. It's not quite where it was when it's debut, but still packing a punch in both viewers and ratings. We'll, we'll see if it can hold on for the rest of the year. I'm enjoying Alphas. I just am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always liked the show. You aren't watching it. Yeah, I'm not watching yeah, Alphas. No. Jerk. Can't watch everything, Scott. <laughs> Uh, when you start watching Big Bang Theory, maybe I'll give out. <laughs> okay, there you go. Futurama, of course, is Comedy Central. 1.8 million, 18 million viewers. Uh, Futurama broke even again this week. It's not doing bad, but it would be nice to see it get back to where it was at the start of the season. We'll see if the, it's a boost is in its future. Well, that show's been on a long time. Uh, well, no, it took a huge break. Okay. And now they brought it back. But. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So Saving Hope, uh, 2.9 million viewers. And uh, Saving Hope lost a very small handful of viewers, but actually picked up a tenth of the ratings point, which is an encouraging sign. The show now has a second season renewal order in Canada. We'll see if NBC Files Along gives us another year in the States. That will be nice. Mm -hmm. No Tron uprising this week. But Lost Girl... Uh, after a strong uh, first Friday last week, Lost Girl returned with a few less viewers, but the same rating score. That's good news, especially when you consider that it had the Olympics opening ceremony to contend with. We'll see if it can stay strong on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, and True Blood, right? We don't know that. So True Blood had 4.5 million viewers. It's still doing quite well. Yeah. They're going to renew that again. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, why don't you take us into our, some movie news here? Uh, you kind of play, paste this in, mm-hmm. and, um, and we'll, we'll go ahead and play this then, too. But. Sure. So the movie Looper, um, we'll play the trailer in a little while, but um, it's, uh, it, in the futuristic action thriller, Looper time travel will be invented, but it will be illegal and only available on the black market. When the mob wants to get rid of someone, they will send their target 30 years to the past where a Looper, a hired gun like, uh, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is waiting to mop up. Joe is getting rich and life is good until the, day, until the day the mob decides to close the loop, sending back Joe's future self, Bruce Willis, for assassination. The film is written and directed by Rian Johnson and also stars Emily Blunt, Paul Dano, and Jeff Daniels. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and play this trailer and then talk about it. Okay. Time travel has not yet been invented. But 30 years from now, it will have been. I am one of many specialized assassins in our present called Loopers. 
So when criminal organizations in the future need someone gone, they zap him back to me. And I eliminate the target from the future. Oh, la, la. Loopers are well paid. We live the good life. And the only rule is never let your target escape. Even if your target is you. Miles, this this looks actually pretty good. Uh, I'm thinking so also, yeah. It's a, it's just, you know we talked we talked many times, um, and we talked about in cause and effect theory the idea of a grandfather paradox, the right? That if you go back and you kill yourself, mm-hmm. you can't go back. Uh, you, you, you then you then can't go back and kill yourself because you aren't around, and therefore mm-hmm. you can go back and kill yourself. Is this idea is kind of the, the idea was that if you go back and gr- kill your grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And therefore he can't give birth to your parents, and therefore you can't be born, so you can't go back and kill your grandfather. And it's cyclical, right? They're kind of playing with this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Except I think they're saying that Bruce Willis is playing his future self. So. Right. So if he gets he, he can go back and can be killed by his past self. Sure. I said it doesn't quite work that, that way. It's, it's just an um, oxymoron. Yeah. It, it does mess with your head. It does. And so this looks like it could be another uh, pretty interesting movie. I've been, I've been hearing stories about it, so I'm very, very glad that this is coming out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, it looks like uh, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has done very well since um, Third, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna be—he's—he's he's in the new Batman movie, so yeah. And we have Bruce Willis, and who doesn't like Bruce Willis? Of course, Spendables <laughs> too. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, in another story that we had come out, Joss Whedon will be back for Avengers two, but wait, there's more. Excited, Miles? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's been three months since Joss Whedon's Avengers hit the theaters and became one of the biggest movies ever. Ever since we saw it, we've been wondering if Whedon would come back to bring his particular brand of awesome to the sequel. Well, now it's official. But apparently Avengers 2 isn't the only thing we can expect from the Earth's mightiest director. When news came courtesy of Marvel's owner, Disney, when Walt Disney Company CEO Robert Eager... Is it Eager? Eager? uh, Announced um, uh, more... About more than just a movie. He wants to leverage the power of the Avengers as much as possible. And that spirit, Whedon will also be moving to the small screen to develop a TV series for Marvel. That's right. Joss Whedon's returning to TV in the Marvel Universe. Hmm. Little squeal, little fanboy squeal there, Miles. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't know exactly what this TV project will focus on, or when we'll see it, but it definitely confirms the Marvel collaboration with ABC we heard about last week. And with Guillermo del Toro still working on his own Hawk TV show, we could be set up for a very big TV push for Marvel in the coming years. Of course, we know that Avengers 2 would be headed our way with more than $1 billion at the box office for the first one. How could it not be? But the official addition of Whedon to the second flick definitely adds a new 
thick layer of interest, not to mention a strong built-in audience. And after all, the epic uh, badassery Whedon brought in the first film, we can only imagine what it'll do with the second, especially with that awesome mid-credits villain setup. <laughs> uh, are you excited, Miles? The first one was phenomenal. So, I so I, I, and, and and Joss Whedon we trust. So I'm sure the second one will be just as good. Oh man, absolutely! And this this really excites me. Oh yeah, it just does. I'm looking at another great script. I'm hoping for, and I just hope he can carry mm-hmm. it off. And, and just, our expectations aren't that high. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> but um, now. But him bringing uh, you know a Marvel uh, series to the, the small screen that that intrigues me too. That does. That's mm-hmm. and that's something I hadn't heard of before. Yeah. So, well, just a little bit of uh, movie news here. And Dark Knight, of course, third week third week since its release continues to dominate the box office. It has brought in seven hundred thirty seven million. That's a big chunk of change. Yeah. Uh, do you think it'll pass the billion mark, like I- like Avengers did? I think it has a good chance of it. It does. Yeah. It does. Um, and we, of course, have been talking about Total Recall. And, well, a Total Recall just is not doing what they hoped. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's opening. It's domestic gross wasn't bad. I guess it's not bad. Let me say this. $100 million, right? Mm-hmm. Not bad. And worldwide, $260 million. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong Total Recall. So let me back up here. <laughs> let me give you the – I'm giving you the 19-whatever one. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so let me find the other Total Recall. I can't, so of course, now I can't find it. Um, all right. We daily. There we go. And weekend. Come on. See, I can't find it now. Here I am dishing around. There's nothing here. Huh. It's on here. Just I, I clicked on the wrong movie, and now mm-hmm. I'm all for club. So, all right, here we go. Total Recall 2012 brought in domestically just under thirty thousand. You mean thirty million? Thirty million, yeah, mm-hmm. thirty million. Not mm-hmm. great. Foreign six million, and so bringing it thirty five million worldwide. Mm-hmm. That's not great. No, it's not. I mean, it's almost no surprise. I mean, when you got when when it opened like right after Batman did, uh, it's. They're going to have a hard time competing with that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. and people have a lot of high expectations because the original was so well-loved. Right. So. I, know. I mean, it looks good. Um, I, may, I may have a chance to see it this week. We'll see. But um. Yeah, I probably still won't. I'll probably wait till it comes out on video, even mm-hmm. though I shouldn't. People, I'm going to get hate mail for that. But. <laughs> uh, well, Miles, let's move into our uh, patio book review. And I guess I'll talk about this because you haven't picked this up, right? No, I haven't read it. So, um our patio book review is not a patio book, but rather a novel that is not uh, released in patio book uh, forum. But this is a plug for this novel. This novel is uh, 11 stories basically uh, from a novel called Reduist, Divine Tales. And they're supposed to be, I guess, three, uh, a set. There's going to be a trilogy. And the heading of this novel says, The gods have returned, all of them. <laughs> so all your Norse gods. All your Viking gods, mm-hmm. all the Greek gods, all the American Indian gods have returned. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. And all hell breaks loose. 
So I'm just going to – I don't think they'll mind. I'm just going to read the opening page. I think that they'll mind at all. No, that wouldn't mind at all. And then I'll tell you a little bit about the authors. This anthology has been edited by none other than Aaron Rosenberg, who we, of course, know and love, and oh, Robert yeah. Greenberger, who you know, Batman fame and Wonder Woman fame and much else. And he is putting out his own new book this fall, um, his own unauthorized history of Star Trek. But I'm sure – I saw some pictures. Uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be fantastic. It does. It looks great. Mm-hmm. But anyways, here's the opening of the book, and this is set July twenty seventh, two thousand twelve, London. Close to a hundred thousand people gathered at the London Olympic Stadium. Billions or more, billions more watch on televisions around the world. There's a commotion near the main gates. The crowd begins to cheer as a single figure appears. A young woman, her head held high, her bright, her right hand held higher as it bears a shining rod aloft. The top of the rod glows and flickers with a bright flame, the Olympic torch. She runs across the stadium's field. The cheers rise all about her as she approaches a platform set there in its center. The wide, shallow uh, brazier, brazier, whole brazier. Okay. The wide, shallow uh, basin it holds. She stops short, ten feet away, with a practiced overhand toss, flips the burning torch toward the toward the bowl. It lands squarely in the center, and the oil there ignites at once, a rich blaze springing up, and then the blaze bursts into blinding light. Those in the gra- crowd shield their eyes, blinking and squinting and staring as light pours forth, and gleam- a gleaming golden figures leap from the flames. At first, the crowd thinks these are holograms. Later, they're displays uh, some form of special effect, and they roar their approval as the powerful, handsome figures turn and survey the scene. They wear togas and robes cinched with heavy brooches, and laurel and olive wreaths atop their oiled and curled hair, sturdy sandals upon their feet. They are beautiful, commanding, and their very skin glitters like gold. Then the central figure steps forward. He's taller than the others, broader-shouldered, and his beard full and his deep eyes wise and, and arresting. He raises a hand, and the cheers stop as if a shroud has fallen, cutting off all sound and do that at silence he speaks i am zeus he declares his deep voice rolling across the stadium across the country across the world the father of the gods ruler of the sky and the land i am he he who slew his follow chronos and shattered the titan's might and laid claim to the world you know me for you have worshipped me since your earliest days i return he raises his arms wide to encompass his companions and his audience we have returned and now we will accept your worship once more. Oh. So just, I mean, the, imagine that all these things we read about in mythology class, right? Mm-hmm. All our English classes we studied for years. And we said, imagine these suddenly decided they were real. <laughs> and what sort of havoc that would wreck in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, these are the stories that you get in Reduced Divine Tales. I mean, there are some great authors here. Many of them Star Trek authors. Mm-hmm. Um, William uh, Leisner. Leisner. I think it's Leisner, uh, Philip Gunta, Gunta, Stephen H. Wilson, Scott Pearson, Dave uh, Galanter, Dayton Ward, uh, Alan Gibbon, uh, Aaron Rosenberg, Lawrence M. Schoen, Robert Greenberger, and Paul Kefferberg. So names we have uh, talked to in the past on the side. Yeah, names we will probably talk to you a little bit more. But sure, um, a great book available from Crazy Eight Press, mm-hmm. and I read the first story. And it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten through all 11 stories yet. This is going to the beach with me this weekend. So hopefully I'll get through some of them. But mm-hmm. 
It's quite an awesome thing. So crazypress.com, you'll find more information about this book. And I actually don't know if it's available yet, but it should be available if it's not. It was available at Shortly. So. And if it's crazy at press, it'll also probably, they'll have an electronic download also. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you don't need, if you want to, you don't need to spend the paper copy dollars if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles, let's go into this week in Star Trek because nothing ha- nothing's happening in Star Trek world, right? Absolutely not. I really have to <laughs> Not this. true. Just kidding. Um, so I think this, this article comes from... Um, the great folks over at Subspace Communique, uh, Trek Nation screenings at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas plus exclusive documentary DVD of um, Trek Nation. And I saw this DVD. Well, actually, I saw it, it was on the uh, Science Channel, uh, but it'll be on DVD soon. Um, if there, there are a few things in the world that, that live up to the hype built around them. Trek Nation has got to be one of the shining examples. We've been writing about the about the Roddenberry Productions documentary for years now, and after seeing it in November of last year, it was definitely worth the wait. Now you can check it out in the film twice at the biggest licensed Star Trek convention on the planet. That's right, kiddies. Rod Roddenberry and Roddenberry Productions will be screening Trek Nation at Creation Entertainment's Star Trek Las Vegas convention, or as we lovingly call it, Vegas Con, August 9th and 10th at 8 p.m. respectively. Rod will be sharing his documentary with the Trek faithful with a QA session uh, August uh, the 10th at 4.30 p.m. If you can't make it, we'll be there blogging the event. Otherwise, get your Andorian or Vulcan uh, buns down to the panel. If this isn't enough, we've got an exclusive Roddenberry production. We'll be offering special edition DVD releases of Trek Nation with the commentary from producers Roddenberry and, and Trevor Roth. Yep, it's your first chance to get your hands on a physical copy of the Trek Nation. Don't miss it. So you excited about this? I'm glad it's coming out to DVD. I might even... I might even get a copy of it myself, um, see if there's any uh, extra footage. I mean, he he worked on this project for almost 10 years and basically had to compact it into 90 minutes. And so um, I'd be curious if he was able to put more material on the DVD. Uh, have you seen it? I have seen it, yeah. yeah I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but it's quite good. Um, it's Rod Ryberry's uh, quest to learn, to learn, know about his father. Uh, his father passed away when he was a young man and um and part of doing that was just getting into the whole you know getting into star trek because he wasn't in star trek when he was growing up so Mm. but it's a it's a honest but heartfelt look at you know his dad awesome uh, Awesome. the the great gene robbery and uh, another thing i want to let you all know um uh, Michael Dorn, who played Worf on Star Trek Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, uh, he has a Kickstarter project. Uh, he's putting his own movie together, and so um, it's called Through the Fire. Um, it, it's a new film created by and starring Star Trek actors. Um, it's Th- Through the Fire is a romantic comedy about a couple of dazzling New York urbanites who are set up on the worst blind date ever, only to find that they have more in common than they realize. Despite their professional differences... One is an acclaimed Broadway actress, and, and another is a theater critic who, who gave her gave a horrible review. They cannot get it out get get out of each other's minds. Through the fire shows what happens in the ultimate battle between the head and the heart. Um, so um, Michael Dorn is is producing it; and he's starring in it. But uh, other actors uh, that you've all heard of: um, Anne Marie Johnson, Marina Sirtis. Um, 
Nana Visitor, Armin Sherman, and uh, Kitty Swink. Um, we also want to show the people uh, who run uh, Hollywood that sci-fi fans are not only interested in science fiction, but multidimensional and a force to be reckoned with. Directing the movie means uh, freedom for me. All I've ever wanted from the beginning is to have the artistic freedom to choose the projects that speak to me, and this is my chance. Why Kickstarter? I love the internet. It's one of the most useful tools ever invented, and we are just starting to see the potential for artists to, to get their projects directly out to the people. So you excited about this? I might check it out. I mean, I, I would certainly, you know, certainly want to. Did you watch the trailer for it? Are uh, they the, speaking there, about it? I th- there is a video of him speaking about it. I haven't had a chance to see that yet, but um, so so yeah. If you want to um, support uh, Michael, here it is. Okay, very good. I'll just I'll play a little bit of it if you don't mind. No, no, pl- go ahead. He's starting off some good Apple iTunes music. I started out as a director. That's what I wanted to wanted to do. Uh, I had a very dear friend that I went to high school with, and his dad was assistant director on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. And they were very instrumental in saying, we'd love you to, to help you with your career, um, come and shadow our directors and see the process and see how you like it. So they said, well, you know, it's going to take you a while to be a director. You're an actor, you can do commercials. They knew a commercial um, company that, that they sent me to and you know you can make some money and then you can get a directing lighter and that was 30 years ago <laughs> one thing that the Star Trek has done for me is given me the the wherewithal to to just do things that I'm passionate about, about that I want to do not Oh God! I got to do this because I got to pay the rent. Oh my God! You know, uh, if I don't do this, I'll never be, you know, uh, an actor again. Or, you know, I, I'm beyond that. And uh, this is a great opportunity. And I think that, um, and I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't sure that uh, that the fans were going to come out. So anyway, it just goes on to talk about it. But it's him. It's Michael mm-hmm. It's Marv. Yeah. It's, it, it's Worf uh, directing a romantic comedy. I mean, it's, <laughs> so, so I mean, as ironic as that sounds, right? Very. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well worth it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'll go see it, but maybe on video if I catch it sometime. Yeah, I might. Get, you might get it as a rental or something. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on, and um, I guess it's about it, huh? Those. Thank you for this week of Star Trek. You're welcome. Well, let's move into our last promo tonight. Okay. And our last promo is a fellow podcasting Parsec Award nominee called What the Cast. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you check it out. We're going to play their promo right here. Then we'll be back. Hi, I'm Brian Richardson, host of What the Cast, the podcast that has a little something for everyone. We talk about current events. I'm in the opinion that Wikipedia should be a, a, a new wonder, the modern great library of Alexandria. It's like the library of Alexandria written on Etch-a-Sketches. People keep coming yeah. by and shaking them every once in a while. <laughs> Movies. Well, what's, what's your biggest problem with the movie? That Michael it's, uh, Bay! Okay, okay. No, no, no. The listen island! To, listen to hot robot on robot action. Science fiction. See, the, actually, the first 30 minutes of that film really were a good story about about a boy and his secretly transforming car. So it's like Harlan Ellison's a boy and his dog, just without the dog exactly. and, and Harlan Ellison. And, every once in a while, math. Ask me how I rated the movie on a scale from 1 to 5. I said a 5. On a scale from 1 to 10, what would you rate it? I'd say about an 8. So you're not very good at this whole division and fraction no. thing. <laughs> Someone went to public schools. So join myself, Crispy, Stephen, and Patrick for What the Cast. Available at whatthecast.com. 
Now, right after this, we would typically put in our interview of LeVar Burton, which we're going to be releasing separately. But what we do have for you is our kind of shore leave review, right? Right. And so top five moments of shore leave. And we know that, Jen, you've sent a lot of good stuff. And we have some audio stuff in from some people here from Sci-Fi Fives and Five. And so we will get to – Jim, I think you sent one in and uh, – uh, we'll get to that. We will. But we uh, thought we we're going to talk about shore leave because we just got back from it. Yeah, I think we just need to give – this is our own little mini shore leave report. So why don't we start with our sci-fi five and five, and then mm-hmm. if there's anything else we want to mention beyond that, you mm-hmm. know, what the heck, we can make it six, seven, or eight. Sure. So, um, so why, don't, why don't we start with um, just a moment? We don't need to be in any order. Okay. Um, uh, I was able to find my wife a really cool gift. Um, we're both fans of Big Bang Theory, and one of the vendors was selling this stuffed cat. And when you squeeze the paw, it's saying uh, "soft kitty." And if you're <laughs> Big Bang Theory, you you know the significance of that. And she she loved it. So I was, I was good. I got. It. I was happy that I was able to get her something that she really liked. Yeah, and the shirt you're wearing actually is another one. Yeah, I, I'm wearing my red uh, Big Bang Theory um, Bazinga shirt with a big uh, picture of Sheldon's head on it. Yeah, so just a little story about that. We went out to eat tonight at a pizza joint right before we decided the podcast, and a totally disconnected couple from us said, I love that shirt. Yes. You know, it was just they identified yeah. with it and got us discussing Big Bang Theory, which, of course, I haven't watched. But but, but many of you do. Many of you do and mm-hmm. love it. And, and so it was kind of cool. To, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. There's a lot of people like Big Bang Theory. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I was able to find – yeah, I've, I've got a little something. I got myself a T-shirt. I mean, for me, the, one of the highlights was I was able to get a signed print of – Kunta Kinte, LeVar Burton's character in Roots, because my wife, who's not a sci-fi fan, mm-hmm. uh, at least not as much as I am, and we totally loved Roots, and of course it was LeVar Burton's breakout role. Right, and he, yeah. and he did, did a nice little personalization for it. Yeah, him. yeah, and so, and yeah. What mm-hmm. else was a highlight? Um, I, I, I enjoyed some of the panels that I got to um, either sit in on or just... Um, in, in some small way, be a part of. I, I enjoyed the time travel panel that uh, uh, Star Trek author Christopher Bennett was hosting, uh, and um, anything time travel I, I, I like. So it, this was more like writing for time travel, and so you had some authors there. You know, what are the challenges of writing for time travel, and you know, making it interesting, and there's you know what, why we like time travel stories. Yeah, you know, I actually didn't get to sit in any panel I wasn't on. Mm-hmm. That was that. It was that. I mean, I had some good panels. We did a, a fringe panel, which I'll release in the feed sometime, mm-hmm. uh, probably coming up, uh, and uh, also did a. Um, uh, Art of the Celebrity Interview, mm-hmm. which we, of course, relieved a, a Farpoint version of that one. And, mm-hmm. and we did a podcasting panel with Keith DeCanado and uh, Jay Smith. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm missing some names here. Wayne Hall. There mm-hmm. was uh, two or three other people on the panel. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. But, but, but yeah, that, it, was a, it was a good two-hour panel, and mm-hmm. it was, it, we filled it. So it was, right. It was and I was nice. there. Uh, the, the folks, I mean – some people are aspiring podcasters themselves, and so yeah. it was a nice crowd. It, 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 nice crowd. It, it did bring in a good crowd, and so I think it was you know helpful for anybody who was trying to start out a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess my next significant mo- moment, I'm sure this is one for you, is just um, you know John and Heather Frey. Come on. Oh yeah. Uh, we we talk about these guys every time we go to a, a con. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Lou, Lou, Lou is Lou's a part of that, mm-hmm. and. I think one of the things that makes going to shore leave and Farpoint for us, and I'm sure any con for anyone that goes to a con, is seeing the people you don't get to see all the time. Right. We live all over the place, and so um, this is a good this 
this brings us together. It's like coming home for family. And so yeah. um, we had some great times playing uh, some great games. Well, that was a terrible game. <laughs> what was it? Crimes Against Humanity. Yeah. Yeah. It was a card game. If you ever played the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried to disown it, but John Frazier has a uh, picture of it somewhere. He so. won't let you forget that, will he? No, he probably won't. Yeah. No, but I haven't. I've been tempted to buy it, but probably not. Um, <laughs> I feel like a dirty old man if I got it. <laughs> Maybe I am, anyways. But yeah, that was uh, that. That would dip, dip, be definitely one of my my points. Is just the, f- seeing friends you only get to see once or twice a year, and hanging out with the Frazier, having dinner with them, and um, seeing uh, meeting other listeners there that, that they came oh, to. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Um, any other, what other moments? Um, we had, we're going to have some really good interviews we're going to give you, but we, we got a chance to, you know, meet some nice people, uh, on, on the, on the guest list. Um, um, we had a nice interview with Jane Weedland. Um, um, Thomas was, Decker was a great interview. He, n- nice guy. Um, he gave us a lot of time, but just, just, a, just a nice kid, but he's got like 20 years in, in, in the business. And he's uh, only 24. So right. Tells you something. He started at the age of four. Yeah. So, um, uh, Musetta Vander, um, you may not recognize the name, but you've seen her face in lots of productions. Yeah. Just a really sweet lady. Um, I just found her very, um, very unpretentious. I mean, she was just, just, I mean, I mean, yeah, she's had a lot of success in in, in, in uh, Hollywood, but I mean, she's you know, it, I, I feel it hasn't it hasn't gone to her head. No, it, does, it certainly doesn't seem to. She seems very centered, very, very centered. I mean, um, Jonathan Young, he was you know, I was wasn't sure you know what he'd be like. I mean, he, this is Tesla for crying out loud. I know. you don't mess with Tesla. Um, but um, no, he was he was a nice guy. He gave us a good interview, so uh, we got to and a great bumper. Oh, he gave us a great bumper too. Um, <laughs> And so um, I didn't get to be a part of the the, the Varbert interview, but um, got to say hi to him, shake his hand, yeah. uh, got to say hi to uh, Kate we, Mulker. We, we, work, we worked for that interview. Oh, oh my gosh, folks! <laughs> if you the, 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 sometimes if you want if you want an interview, with some of these guests, you got to be willing to be patient, and persistent. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know the thing is, surely the con, the people themselves were just phenomenal. I, the staff at Shore Leave. Mm-hmm. I know that not everyone necessarily has the same experience, but our experience with the staff has been absolutely great. Yeah. So I can't sing their praises enough, and I was very glad to be a part of Shore Leave this year. And if you ever do get a chance to be a part of this con, this mm-hmm. is a con that uh, they bring oh, a lot yeah. of nice celebrities. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for it, it's 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 not a huge con, and and to me, that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. I mean, I like it's not. It, too crowded, um, but um, it's it's fan run. Mike Schilling, like you said, uh, the staff do. Mike Schilling and his staff do a really good job of um, of running a good con. Um, yeah, sometimes you know the security's got to be a little tough as far as uh, moving the autograph lines, but uh, <laughs> it's for a reason. Um, so, but yeah, I think they did. A, they all did a good job of uh, making this con happen. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely. I, I had a good time this year. Mm-hmm. I definitely did, and it seemed pretty full for this year. I think they. Pro- I, I can't be sure, but I think they probably drew a little more people than they did last year. Like, um, I, I think so. I think probably Kate Mulgrew and Lavar Burton were you know huge draws this year for um, you know for anybody who was interested in Star Trek and, and other things. Uh, so yeah, um, so I think they probably they, they might have gotten a little more people this year. Very good. 
Awesome. Well, so that's our review. Let us know if you want to know anything else about Shore Leave or any perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll be bringing you a panel, a fringe panel we did at Shore Leave mm-hmm. in the future here. And Scott and I put put some pictures on our Facebook page if you want to see some oh, of the yeah, pictures. Oh, we, yeah. We were spamming Facebook with tons of pictures. Yes. But it was a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I believe that's it, Miles. All right. Well. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to comment on any of the stories that we shared tonight or ask us questions about Shore Leave or anything else, just let us know, and mm-hmm. you can do so by just emailing us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com or calling in at one 508 4343 I believe that's it, Miles. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We will see you.